everyone. Welcome to this new episode of Carolyn Talks. I'm your host, film critic and journalist, Carolyn Hines. This is the podcast slash YouTube channel where I talk to film creatives about their work, the industry, and why it inspires them. And this is one of my interviews for the 2023 Toronto International Film Festival, where I get to talk to filmmakers Sean O'Neill and Chelsea McMullen about the documentary Swan Song, which I'm actually very excited to talk about because it's one of my favorite films from the festival, genuinely. I had a ball with this film in the cinema because it was unexpectedly very funny. And, and, <laughs> and I love the humor comes through because of the things the subjects in the film say and also like, their reactions and I was just like yeah if it was me in this situation I would react the totally the same way so I love that <laughs> the film is very serious and very chaotic but also very <laughs> funny um so it's about the, it's about the swan song pun fully intended of of um, prima ballerina um, Karen Kane who was the artistic director of the National Ballet of Canada which is placed which is uh located here in toronto so i was glad to get to see an inside look of the um the academy because i go downtown all the time and i see i even know one of the places where they go to rehearse which is close to the waterfront so i was like oh yeah. i get to take a look a look inside the mm -hmm. the building so it was cool to get a perspective and it was cool to get to see a different side of the ballet industry and the ballet community so first um i want to just tell you congratulations because i know shooting a documentary is not easy and you guys <laughs> did this, I think, about two and a half years because COVID and the lockdown interrupted filming. So, like, first of all, congratulations to you and your entire team for, like, sticking Thank with you. it and making it through that with, I think, an extremely uh, well done film. So, yay. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> yes. It was yeah. hard. It was very hard. <laughs> We're very I, can only, I can only imagine, like, just, just filming a regular quote-unquote documentary is hard, but filming one where you have to work around dancers and the production is especially one of the scale of this show is like was I can only imagine logistically was a nightmare. And Thank like you <laughs> you're really, really right. Yes. <laughs> so talk to me first about just wrapping your own minds around the logistics of film. And it's once we decided, okay, this is the topic we're gonna follow. These are the subjects caring on the other dancers of the company. Tell me about just wrapping your heads around the logistics and figure out how are we going to actually get this done? Yeah, that's a great question. That's a great and big question. I mean, it was sort of a question that was never answered. Um, <laughs> we just had to keep going day by day. I will tell you that quite a few like experienced producers told us when we were starting this that we were out of our minds mm -hmm. because of the complexity. It's like you're dealing with multiple unions, you're dealing with dancers, you're dealing with an orchestra, you're dealing with... <laughs> all of the different sort of departments at the ballet and you're dealing yeah it's just sort of like the people who were involved and who kind of could put you know blocks up to access or the costs of doing it or just like entering an institution with extremely entrenched practices and like hundreds of years of history and trying to get them to do something that you know is kind of anathema to their art form which is like showing the raw kind of pain that goes into creating something so beautiful, um, talking about all the problematic elements of an art form that's like wrapped up in all kinds of ideals, be they, be they about whiteness, be they about body type, be they about like, you know, ways of performing kind of as a citizen and compliance and all of the things that, you know, one of our experts talked about the court of ballet being about, it was just like endlessly challenging mm -hmm. um, from a production standpoint. And then, I mean, Chelsea like can talk a little bit about how hard it was even just to shoot and capture. 
Yeah, yeah. And then there's sort of like the way that we wanted to approach it. Like what Sean and I were both really excited about was this idea of shooting something that kind of had an organic arc, something we would follow, something unfolding in real time, that we would have a more verite approach to that. Um, and, you know, that it would be sort of multi-character. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's like a lot of ambitious things <laughs> at the same time um, to try to actually execute um, from a production standpoint and from a post standpoint, because we shot over like 500 hours of footage. Um, Everything like miking dancers, yeah. cameras in the studios, learning the choreography, like the physical intensity, being there 10 hours a day. Like our two cinematographers lost 25 pounds each over the course of three months, just chasing dancers. Yeah, I remember this because I attended one of the screenings with the Q&A and they were there, the cinematographers, I think one of the editors, and they talked about oh, that. Oh, you read that one. Everyone yeah. in the audience was like, whoo, I, I was just like thinking, just like, wow, like that's so, <laughs> so much work. But, I, but I'm glad you mentioned that, Sean, because one of the things about this film that I'm so happy that you that you guys really worked on showing the underbelly of the beast of, 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 um, of ballet is that when in looking at films that have portrayed ballet on screen, like Center Stage is one of my favorite films. And like, I constantly think about that scene on the, the scene where she's like dancing in the red and everything and Michael Jackson is playing. But, <laughs> I, but it's about, uh, Hollywood has this perception of ballet being about young, nubile dancers, you know, fitting in this very perfect ideal. But I love, one of the things I love about this film is like one of the main, um, characters and um, Gita, who's the principal ballet she's older she's more mature you can see her her maturity and her strength in her body you get we see her working out pushing weights and i love that we get to see these women being shown as being physically strong they're not delicate at all and i think that's important of dispelling myths that people have of ballet you know of being of dancers just in general like they have to be so strong and like one of the girls said like her pedometer was measuring they ran like 5k <laughs> In, in one and act. just one just one act of one rehearsal yeah. and they're yeah. doing that like that's an act four of one run round. so like they're doing that multiple times a day and i'm like most olympic athletes don't even run 5k in a in like <laughs> that's like a what a 20 a 20 minute block of rehearsal and like that's just ridiculous and i love that you took the time to show us how physically strong these girls are so talk about showing that aspect because i think that's one of my favorite parts of it so they're not delicate they're not frail. like you gotta have a extreme determination to pursue this career to be to say i want to be a ballet dancer like you got to literally break your bones break your feet it's you no know joke. distort your body destroy your body to pursue this idea of perfection yeah mm -hmm. yeah i'm glad that was all coming through for you i mean it was just kind of like i think ultimately our goal was just we wanted it to be real like a real representation of what it takes not only to be a, like a dancer at this level at which is like you know classical ballet um you know it's like it's very very difficult and then on top of that swan like is a very difficult classical ballet and then on top of that karen's version <laughs> was particularly like a difficult version of swan lake um so what they're being asked to do is something that even in the most arduous art form like physically arduous and mentally arduous like they're also like yeah they're sort of even pushing past that into something even of the scale that like they haven't really done before physically and mentally so it's just asking so much of them and so we just really wanted to feel that and feel the like 
the artistry of it and like how much they push themselves and then also the sort of like like they're also like incredible athletes so it's like um yeah it just didn't feel like you know it's often represented in a way that we were sort of seeing unfolding in the studio like i think you know there's the body horror and the sort of swan the black swan of it all but um yeah to really show it as it is and sort of the yeah in sort of uh, a, a real way it was like the thing that we were sort of chasing yeah it was like the reason we wanted to do it and like one thing i'll say too is like in doc it's a really amazing thing when you have a subject that actually comes with a lot of baggage <laughs> like ballet because everybody's seen black swan and center stage and some people have seen the company which is like our favorite ballet mm -hmm. film. Mm -hmm. um, never seen black swan it's oh my god yeah okay well <laughs> black swan is like body horror to the max yes. and psychological torment so, i've seen the you know, clips, everybody's yeah. walking in. like you know what it is even though you've seen it yeah, yeah we all know what it you've is seen yeah. the, you've seen the trailer yeah. you're fine yeah. but everyone's like walking in with this like you know this baggage and so that's such an opportunity as doc filmmakers to be able to say okay yeah but like also here's what it's really like and for us you know the key to that part of the the benefit of the pandemic delay was we had two years to develop really real and sincere and intimate relationships with our subjects. So when the time came to really shoot, you know, they were willing to go there with us and to share the struggles and the obstacles. And for each of them, you know, today included, like there's something about the world of ballet that feels almost impossible to reach. And, you know, it's a kind of both, indicative of what that world is like but it is also kind of a a broader allegory for like what it means to kind of be an artist to try to fit into the world and try to reach for something beyond yourself and try to grow and you know how much is too much like all of these questions became so rich to us as we were watching it all unfold mm. you mentioned to me and that's someone i really want to talk about because me being um black and being dark skinned when i was a little girl i dreamed of being a ballet dancer there was a there was a school actually like five minutes walk from my house and I would walk down from primary school and I could pass it to go to my house and I go and see the girls you know like dancing or they went before they had lessons and they'd come to school and they change at school into their their tights and their shoes and their prints would pick them up and drop them straight off and I see them they all look perfect you know the tights but I always kind of knew that I didn't fit in one because I'm like super short but also, like, the girls didn't look like me, you know? Even the Black girls, they didn't look like me. They're all very fair skin, very clear skin, or they were mostly white, you know? So, like, it was mostly predominantly white girls, but even if they were Black, they were, like, very light-skinned Black girls coming from affluent families and that kind of stuff. So I always felt, like, immediately, I'm not going to fit in, so I'm not even going to try to fit in. But then, as Tanae said, like, once you get in, you still got to contend with the history of ballet, which is, as a lot of people don't want to admit, has a lot of racist and sexist and patriarchal um, foundations to it you know it's the whole idea of perfection being like all looking the same which is you know slim slender blonde haired blue eye you have to wear the pink tights because it's all about uniformity and like it's all about this whole idealism of what per the perfect woman is supposed to look like and I've always found like black that swan lay in particular kind of like encapsulates that whole idea of the of not only just the ballet industry but the world is of how the world wants women to look you know they want mm. everyone to fit one ideal and if you and if you don't fit it you're the black swan you're the black sheep you know you're the ugly duckling you're the outcast you're the one who doesn't fit in because you don't look like us you know mm. and like your film i think really talks a lot about the 
opposites and the contradictions in the ballet industry. They want all these women to look perfect on stage. But if you go up, if as your camera does, your camera goes up close, if you see them sweating, you know, that glow isn't because, ah, oh, they're ephemeral. No, that glow is because they're sweating buckets. You know, that glow <laughs> is them being tired. That glow is them crying because their their feet hurt, you know, their backs, yeah. their legs hurt, you know? Like, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they look perfect and look symmetry because they're all expected to wear the same color tights, you know? Yeah. And I, one thing I will commend Karen about is, like, why wouldn't they wear their own skin, especially for a story about liberation, about a libera- about liberating women from an oppressive force, you know, with his world darts character. So I appreciate her doing that. But in her saying that there's a few scenes with her and a couple of the other dancers who are white, who don't, they just don't understand the importance of the, of the other, of all the other dancers being able to show their skin. They're complaining about sweating. I'm like, I, I was legit, legit sitting in the cinema and I said, girl, you need to chill out. This isn't about you. <laughs> I, I, said that, I said that out loud. I was like, this is not about me. And I, but then it made me think about how for a lot of white people, like, they they like being in their bubble protects them from having yeah. to think about the importance of just going on stage with your skin beard. You know, they yeah. don't understand how fun, how monumental that is for people like Tanae or even someone like Shaylin. Like, I love her character, but even for the other girls, because there's Asian girls and other Latin girls in the core, the ballet, you know, so like they, yeah. but for the white girls, they're like complaining about things like sweat and like Tanae yeah. and Shaylin are like thinking about other much more bigger issues that affect them emotionally. So talk about highlighting that and how that change perhaps changed your own perspective, no perspective, sorry, on the topic of not only the film itself, but the idea that Karen had for this version of Small League. Yeah, I mean, we knew because when we were developing this, you know, it was 2020 and after the murder of George Floyd, there was so much discussion in and around the world of ballet I think for the first time publicly about its history of racism. And I mean, even when we were conceptualizing the project, ballet is obviously like is woven into the history of ballet is racism. And so it became really important to us to try to tackle that subject alongside all of the other kind of more difficult subjects in the film with, you know, a substantive and like serious um, lens. And mm-hmm. I think like everything in the film, our kind of rule was we don't get into anything unless it's something that like one of our characters is going through and experiencing. And for today, the tights issue was like top of mind. Um, and I think, you know, we really worked hard on that storyline. At first, it seemed like the, like, kind of dumb to us not today's perspective but like how could tights be a big deal and of course you learn over the course of the weeks and months that unfolded that it's a huge deal um and it's revolutionary in the context of swan lake but i think also kind of what you're talking about in terms of the reaction to the other dancers and you know everybody has their reasons for their reactions but you know all those girls go to black squares (laughs) (laughs) you know (laughs) i know it you know so, it's like it's like really um, and i and i don't even and, and i and, and i want to be clear that none of that is a personal critique against any of no i understand when you be completely because i have but, <laughs> right but it's like it's so interesting what happens when you know a change is sort of sort of set into motion mm-hmm. that you think everybody sociopolitically has like read enough infographics <laughs> and not like to know that it's good and right but it's so hard 
for people to deal with discomfort in an institutional context. And so it's a really rare dynamic to capture. It's kind of like everybody on the outside of institutions is like, well, why does it take so long for these places to change? And it's like, oh, watch the tight storyline. <laughs> you know, it's it's for, for us, it was like an observational emblematic storyline about, about these kinds of changes in institutions and grounded, of course, in today's point of view. Sorry, I've just talked forever about that. No, no, no. I think that's like all like you know just sort of outlining kind of what our sort of like um approach was but also i think that like we just in our earlier early discussions we really were interested in like kind of you know karen sort of represents a bit of an ideal and she sort of represents a bit of the past of ballet but we were also really interested in terms of an ensemble of like okay well what does like the future look like what is the perspective of these like young new generation of dancers how do they feel about all this and um you know i think in our casting in different ways um we tried to choose people that didn't necessarily fit the the ideal of ballet so that we could incorporate that perspective and it would sort of organically, um, all of their perspectives would sort of un, un, organically un, sort of reveal themselves in the context of Swan Lake. And in the series, Sipe November, who's a principal dancer there. Yeah, I want you to see the series. Yeah, was, I, I'm so uh, excited to see the series yeah, because like I'm just like... Skin, dark skin, black, short South African, who was the first black dancer to play Prince Siegfried in the company's history, which of course is a embarrassing <laughs> um, statistic. Mm -hmm. But and he gets into that and, and that in his whole storyline in the series really goes even deeper into some of these issues around race and racism. And so, yeah, there's more to come. Yeah. And, and Chelsea, you mentioned Karen kind of being like an, uh, a representation or embodiment of the old way of things functioning in ballet. And I had that thought too, because I thought it was super ironic and I don't even know if she may have thought about it in that moment or even like in hindsight where she picked Swan Lake, which is one of the most well-known or probably perhaps the most well-known ballet ever created. But then she's doing it at the end of her position as artistic director and also to mark a 50 year career with the National Ballet of Canada. But then she has this whole concept about women, about women represented as the swans being free from a, a oppressive force, a male patriarchal figure. And while she's doing that, I, I, as I was watching the film, I'm like realizing that she realized that ballet itself embodies all of these things. You know, that the whole, the pressure of putting these girls under is the same, could be represented in Rothbard. You know, the mm -hmm. whole structure is represented how he expects these girls to change to fit his ideal, you know, making them all dress and look alike. He did that to the swans, you know, making them all like function in extremely, in extremely tiring situations and telling them, well, you signed on the dollar line. So this is what it, but she said that line, I was like, girl, please <laughs> think about what you just said. You, cause she's like, <laughs> you, they ran 5k and she's like, oh, well, this is what they, this, this is what they said. I'm like, technically that's not what they signed up for. Who signs up to like burst <laughs> their body in that way? But then I was thinking, like, that's another example that she put in her own place. I all I wondered if after the play, if after the first production, or even when it was finished, because this was over a year ago, and then seeing this film, if she had any moment of clarity when she realized, oh, wait, I'm kind of, I kind of, like, encouraged this system my own self because I only waited till the very end to, to do a change. You know, I only waited to, as I'm ready to walk through the door to say, how about you guys show your skin? She had 50 years 
to help mm-hmm. change the system and she didn't and she only said you know i'm gonna make this change when i'm all going out through the door and i was just thinking as you're saying both of you are saying like things have stayed the same because people have been so happy with the status quo because it benefited them and i i saw your whole film kind of encapsulating that entire concept within swan lake itself and i was just thinking karen i really hope you sit, sit down with a new director and have a conversation about this so i want for both of you not to talk about any conversations you had about how perhaps how you had maybe preconceptions, not only necessarily about ballet, but your own style of filmmaking, if you realize, wait, I need to change the way I do things now because I was kind of a part of the system before. If I want to change the system, I got to make the change now rather than when I'm leaving it, you know, or rather when I can't make a change anymore. Mm. Damn. Damn. uh, My job. I mean, first of all, thank you for um, encapsulating the central allegory of the film so beautifully. Yes. Spot <laughs> on. Uh, I don't even know if I told you this. The, um, my conversation with Karen in the, our last interview was about this um, question about whether or not she's had any reflection. Yeah. Did I tell you? Are we no. Even? So she said, yeah. So she said that when she watched the film, she thought, oh, because they're going to, they restage Swan Lake every three years or something at the ballet because these productions cost so much and they play for like 20 years. So it'll be Karen Kane Swan Lake for many, many years at the National Ballet of Canada. And she said to me and this interviewer that we were, we were doing this interview that she wants to change the core so that it's not so hard. Um, watching the film made her realize that it's too hard. Um, and I mean, Karen is a product of her time and i don't say that to make excuses i think that the context within her world remember like she went to ballet school in a dorm at eight years old and she has been with this company her whole life of course existing in the world but in existing in a very particular it's a bubble (laughs) we'll Um, say it's a bubble And I think we were surprised actually how frank she was about race mm-hmm. um, and about her own kind of biases, biases and what she learned. And she spoke about the shame of, you know, there were black dancers, principal dancers, male principal dancers in the 80s and 90s who weren't allowed to dance prince roles in classical ballets, which she speaks about. I mean, she wasn't in charge at that time, but she was obviously in the company. Um, and I think, you know, she's pretty self-reflective about how she's needed to change and grow. Um, and, and at the same time, she's diversified the company a lot, um, in terms of her hiring. So it's an evolution. It's a slow evolution. Um, but I think, you know, I think that her efforts are serious and sincere. Um, and I think that in terms of my own journey, I mean, the captured women of it all, I think, I mean, the, the bigger question is like, do I feel responsible for sy- systemic change in my own world? Yeah, of course. And that comes up in hiring and that comes up in how we tell our stories and who we collaborate on telling our stories and who gets framed in our stories. Like, that's a central question to any project that we would take on. But also, you know, larger questions about like, how much is too much became big for us on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we asked a lot of our crew and we asked, yeah, and we were sort of like looking at <laughs> them running 5k and then looking at our camera people running 5k with them and being like, 
<laughs> and, and our editors working so hard, you know, and they gave of themselves for the same reason the dancers do. Like, I, I remember when we wrapped the film, I texted our editor, Brendan, and I was like, there's this quote. It's a quote from the film was with that Rob says, the choreographer was like, I was like, I'm really reckoning with how hard I've pushed them. <laughs> and then he texted me back. But I do it because I see such limitless potential in what they do, you know, and it's this it's this constant tension, you know, yeah. this constant question. And I think if you're not asking that question, you're not like invested in an ethical approach. There's no easy answer, though. Yeah, it's all about balance in everything, right? It's, a, it's balance in everything. Let's talk about Shailen and that scene in the pool, because that's that blew my that was almost like a little mini film in and of itself because it spoke so much about who she is as a person and her dancers. And she's so vulnerable because this, the first of all, your editors, the way your editors and you guys sequence the film, like there's, th there's things a character would say and the sequence that would come immediately after plays off of that. So like the scene where she goes up to, um, to Rob, where she talks about her, her reason for being apprehensive about showing her bare legs is because she has scars, you know, because she suffers with depression and she's very open with that. And that manifests itself in physical ways where she cuts herself. And like, she's so open about it. And then right immediately after that, you show that vulnerability of her dancing in the pool. So talk to me about talking with Shailene and like the conversations you had with her and about showing what you wanted to show and what she was comfortable with you showing. Because as we said, it had to be a balance, but it also has to be balanced in what the subjects want you to show, you know, what they have to be comfortable with. So talk about her in particular, because I think she's, she's phenomenal. Yeah, definitely. Like when we like, because uh, we actually, Shay was a character that we kind of, um, not that we cast, but we sort of knew who we were generally going to follow. And she came quite late. And um, I had just, because uh, she'd been, she'd broken her foot and she'd been away from the company for a bit. So she'd come back for Swan yeah, Lake. She, and she mentioned that and she mentioned it in such a casual throwaway line. I was like, roll back. Did you just say you broke your foot? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I so I met with her just because we were sort of trying to do our due diligence to meet with every single dancer. There's 70 dancers in the company to meet every dancer, make sure we had chosen like um, who we thought would sort of represent um, the project the best or what the film we were trying to make. And so yeah, and then we met Shay, and then I was like texting Sean, and I was like, "Oh my God, Sean, we have to have this other character. She's amazing. Like she's gonna like." You know, we just knew, like, I knew within five minutes of meeting her that she was going to, like, change the entire project. Um, you just know. But that scene was actually really early on when we were shooting. Um, and it's kind of interesting because I was in the pool with her. Um, and she was... She had requested, like, an abandoned mansion. Yeah. To do the interview. Yeah. All haunted and stuff. <laughs> Truly, she said, I would like to be interviewed because we were like trying to find like with each of our subjects. And this is like shows up a bit more in the series and does the feature. But uh, we were trying to find a like we like we wanted to sort of like represent them outside of like ballet, you know, where in like a place they were comfortable with or where they were like the most themselves. And then also to dance outside of ballet. We were interested in that um and so yeah so i'd ask shay like where she wanted to um shoot sort of it was like a more of a formal sit down interview it would be a long interview we'd get into her personal history and then also do some dancing and she was like like 
no pause, anything, a haunted mansion. And I was like, all right, Shane, then we're going to find you a haunted mansion. <laughs> um, and so, yeah. And so while we were there, it was very um, like, uh, it was very, yeah, what's the word I'm looking for? Spontaneous. Spontaneous. Yeah. Like we had just kind of went around and like, just on the day we had sort of rented this haunted mansion and then Shay had just shown up. We hadn't like been there before together or anything. And it was just sort of like where she felt like dancing. Um, and then we were in the pool and she was like, we were talking about maybe what she was going to wear when she dancing in the pool, what she was going to like dance to. And um and it was actually there that I found out about the scars. Um, so, yeah. So it was like in that moment that, um, yeah, it's sort of like we're finding out in real time about the scars because we're seeing them as she's dancing. And then um, and then later we did the interview after that is when I asked her about them um, because I'd felt like she had opened the door by talking about them in the pool. So it's kind of like, it just kind of happened really like organically and kind of unfolded. Um, and then, yeah. And then obviously the, it sort of had real world implications because it was connected to the tights and how she was feeling about it. Um, and so those things were kind of just unfolding. Um, and we were sort of finding out fr from her about them as they were happening. <laughs> and then it's like the, the question when we cut it was, you know, how far is too far? Um, this is a very young person who's trusted us with something very sensitive. I mean, and so that's an example of a scene that, you know, Shay consulted on. We showed her mm -hmm. the scene before we locked it. We worked really, really hard to make sure that it wasn't, it didn't feel gratuitous. Yeah. Um, and, and I think, you know, what she said, we didn't include this in the film because it felt a little bit too pat, but, um, you know, she was like, I, I am not ashamed of this and I don't want somebody who's gone through this to like, not feel like they can be in the world or in this world. Um, and so I think for us that felt grounded and real and, and I think a point of view that we respected and shared. And so, you know, that was part of our intent, including it in the film. Um, so, yeah. Mm, yeah. And that goes to what I was saying about these, about these young dancers, these girls, right? And whether they're in the court of ballet or the principals, like they all, they have, because they're also so complex, they also have a lot of things that they're dealing with personally, a lot of their own personal demons, a lot of trauma, you know, physical trauma and emotional and mental trauma, like, their their backgrounds aren't perfect they're who they are on stage is not who they are in real life they're, that's a persona that's the character they're playing you know on off stage they're like their lives are difficult it's hard it's like very um where that's where the determination where they have to say i have to go through with this is to show some of the determination they have because one of the things that shaylin talks about a lot and i think it's very um in line with what Tane talks about too is imposter syndrome you know of the world of ballet making you feel like you don't belong because it has these very strict um ideas you know about these things that you have to fulfill to fit into this role so if you think you don't look like these girls if you don't but if you don't have the same the ideal body type you know if you don't have the correct skin tone the correct hair because one of the things that I, I i i thought it was ironic where karen was so adamant about this the tights one of my thoughts was what about here 
you know, what can, can the girls like to name with natural hair? Can they show their natural hair? I'm like, if they can show off their legs, let's have them dance with their natural hair. But even in showing off their legs and their skin tone, they still have to have their hair done exactly the same way, you know? They still have mm-hmm. to have that idea of perfection in some way, that idea of conformity in some way. And it made me think of Misty Copeland, who is one of the most well-known Black uh, prima ballerinas. She has struggled a lot, not only with being Black, but having a very different body shape to the ideal body shape for ballerinas, you know? So when Shanae was talking about, um, when she was talking about that, that made me think of Misty a lot and a lot of other Black um, ballerinas. There's one that is from from africa is it congo i don't know but she's she is very dark skin and she had the same issue she dances mostly in europe and like it made me think of a whole like whether you're black or asian or native american or latina like i'm um, she is there's all of these things in a society that's making these girls think they already don't fit in but then when they go into this world of this dance of culture that they love so much that like you have to genuinely love ballet to want to do this they are they have added pressure you know and like your film really settles in because I think like that's a lot of a lot of the second and early third half of the film is about settling into this idea of showing the toll that that ballet takes on these dancers um, mentally, you know, like even Jurgita, she's been at this for her whole life, but she can't even reveal to people that she's known for years that she has an uh, injury, you know, she's like, I have a nerve in- in- injury. And these people don't know because she has to still perform this idea of perfection, you know, and she's in pain, but she can't even let the people that she's dancing with know that she's in pain. And like, I was just like, that's, that's insane to me, but I understand it, but it's insane that we even have to understand that because that's just the way our world works. Mm-hmm. It's something interesting that um, Seika Boye said to us, who is interviewed in the film. She talks a lot about the tights and she talks about the core. Uh, she's a dance scholar at U of T and yeah. She used this phrase, ideal citizenry, that the ballet in its history was about projecting an ideal citizenry, you know, white, um, compliant, uniform. You've already said this in this, like in this conversation in a few different ways. And I think you're really hitting the nail on the head in terms of what ballet's kind of social role was at its inception. And so I think it's 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 so interesting for us to kind of watch people in the present grapple with that history, which has obviously ugliness in it for anybody who is not outside or can't fit into that ideal and violence in it for those who can't fit into the ideal. And yet also um, can be profoundly beautiful and moving and touching and do all the things that art can do. And and you kind of have to like hold those things together um, and think about well, how much can you change and how much can you move forward and how much can shift and how much can um, evolve? And then at what point does it fall apart and change and go and and not be the same thing? And, you know, all these questions are so rich. There's no easy answers to them. And I think that's like what makes it a good documentary subject, you know? Mm, yeah. yeah, I know Barbie is probably panicking. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But we'd love to talk about the series. But yeah, if, this you, so if you watch it and want to, yeah, honestly, just like listening to you sort of like interrogate the subject matter and like, yeah, just like understand it in such a sort of deep and complex way. It's just like so satisfying. Yeah, <laughs> so, so anytime. Yeah. She's like, she's like, it's, I'm she's like, it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like right. I like. I, I really, I'm genuinely like, I, the more I think about this film, the more, the more I think about how complex art is, you know, because even like using filmmaking and documentary, one of the reasons I love speaking to filmmakers is I all wanted to, th- and I kind of asked you guys already, like, 
after you've made a project, like I always like to ask directors and filmmakers and even editors and whoever works on a film, what they have thought about what they've created and how that shapes the the world that they the the way shapes the way they look at the world after because you know like once you've made a project like your perception changes you know I think of that project because while we are in the thing we don't really get to see it you know we don't be we can't look at it in hindsight but once we are finished it's like sit but then you sit back and then you realize oh wait I didn't even intend for this to happen but it's there you know and it's always so interesting to listen to people like you talk about how you you were in this space for so long and you you worked your bodies to the bone you know and like even you you the, even the two of you had to sit down and think wait are we are we asking too much of our own selves and are we asking too much of our crew you know because your crew has to be going neck on neck with these girls like learn the paces i think i read an interview where it says they had to learn the choreography and i'm like that's something that they as cinematographers they would have never had to think you know i'm gonna be a cinematographer which means I'm gonna go and have to learn the choreography for for Swan Lake of all things. They like now they can say, guess what? I know the choreography for Swan Lake, and you know, but like it like that, but it also changes the way how they get to look at their work as cinematographers. You know, it gives them a new perspective. Um, perspective, right? So like, so yeah, yeah. This has been a fantastic conversation. I am definitely gonna. I'm definitely looking forward to the um to the series because I know at the Q and A, one of the cinematographers said that. there's a girl at the beginning where they're getting ready for the first showing where she talks she's very so sorry she's so sarcastic where she gave the letter that rob wrote she's like thank you girls so much you know (laughs) for changing the script like for changing this character like a million times you know even up until the day before and i'm looking forward to see like more about those girls yeah her name is ariel morales she's a great character yeah and she's a bit much bigger character in the series yeah, yeah. right i'm so looking forward to her and to and to see yeah. like some of the other background people because another thing that and it's something that your gita as a principal dancer highlights and i think it's important that she's one who highlights it is saying that the ballet wouldn't be what it is without the core you know because people would look at the principles and say only the principles matter like the core is just like the background characters that your gita herself say no we wouldn't or i wouldn't be who i as as a, as a principal without the core you know the core makes the ballet the core makes the structure the story the core makes the performance if the core if the core falls apart it doesn't matter you know and i love that she's the one who highlights that because it's important to to for her in her position to show support for the core and say everyone is equally important mm-hmm, mm-hmm. absolutely true. So we're wrapping now. Barb. Okay. <laughs> no, no, I always appreciate when people get extra time for interviews because I'm always like, more for me. Um, <laughs> it's just so nice to somebody who really sees it and gets it and yeah. after so much work. So we really appreciate all the time you put into watching the film and thinking about it. Yeah, I had fun. <laughs> Thank you so much, Anna and Chelsea. Yay! And congratulations. I can't wait to see the series. I know yeah. the film is prim- is opening. Friday, 29th, right? Friday, baby. Mm-hmm. It, wait, that's only because it is the twenty first. Listen, September has been going by so fast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this year, yeah. I just like New Year's was just the other day, and all of a sudden we're speeding on towards summer. And apparently today is supposed to be the first day of fall, but it's like summer outside. It's confusing. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. I cannot deal with this. But I thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Carolyn. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, Barb. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Bye, Carolyn. Thanks. Bye.